You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge, talking about the future of healthcare, among other things. And we're joined by a friend and colleague of mine, uh, Mark, fellow Marquette alum as well, Adam Matar from Principal of Matar Pacific, a healthcare and multifamily investment uh, firm, a real estate firm out in uh, all in the West Coast. How you doing this morning? Doing well. Thank you for having me, Sean. Oh yeah, glad to have you here. We've been trying to get you on uh, several times. You've just been so busy out there. And you talk to the listeners a little bit about your background, and then we'll kind of take a look at uh, kind of what you're seeing out on the West Coast and. Uh, maybe kind of make some predictions on the future of healthcare. Okay. Matar Pacific is a healthcare real estate investment company. We primarily focus on medical office buildings. I started this firm based on my prior experience, which was running a real estate portfolio and department for Kaiser Permanente. Hmm. Uh, I worked out across the Hawaiian Islands and I opened up a shop here in Portland, Oregon a little less than a year ago. Right on. So wh- how are you seeing things uh, develop from a medical office standpoint? Are you seeing, um, as a result of healthcare consolidation, more, more buildings uh, going up? It seems like there's a lot of stuff happening over here. Medical office buildings are some of the most in-demand forms of real estate investing right now. Uh, it's something that Wall Street and private investors are very much interested in participating in. On the provider side, I'm seeing it across the board, from health systems to small groups, hospitals, and even private practitioners interested in opening up their own medical office buildings. The reason being is that with technology nowadays and the pace of regulation, Mm -hmm. medical office buildings provide a more affordable opportunity to provide care to the communities and increases the access to care as well. Yeah, access obviously a big part of the the equation, especially from a, a policy standpoint. You know, I think a lot of physicians are going to going through that decision of uh, do they want to join up to a larger system or remain independent. So, are you working with the ones that want to remain independent or systems or both? I'm working with both. Okay, and it's an interesting conversation with the ones that want to remain independent. What I particularly enjoy working with doctors on is addressing the question of what's best for the patient, and they always ask that. It's an exciting time, and it's a very rare opportunity for somebody in my position to have the ability to positively impact the health of our communities rather than just solely focusing on investment opportunities. So what do you think, uh, you know, as as you're putting together these, you know, real estate opportunities for for these new offices, what do you think these medical offices are going to be looking like? Are they going to be you know, different. How are they using technology? What are some of the decisions that they have to go through? Because you know, a lot of them probably haven't had to to make these difficult economic decisions. That's an excellent question. Medical office space is turning into retail. Okay. They're going out into the communities. They're looking at places that are easy to get access for their patients and members, and uh, have a high level of visibility. And that that plays into the fact that healthcare itself is becoming much more of a retail type of a product. So that's what they're necessarily working, looking at right now. Being on a hospital campus is not the end-all be-all for medical office buildings or for private, pr- private groups anymore. They're looking at demographics and area very much, again, just like how retailers are looking at it. 
and technology is is a big component of this because if you have the ability to provide the same type of service in a medical office building that used to be done in a hospital because technology allows for that type of care to be to be in an outpatient setting mm-hmm. it's it's a win win it's lower cost yeah, for everybody yeah a- absolutely so what are some examples of you know some of the you know of something like that that you might have used to have to go to the hospital before but now you can go to an outpatient clinic GI that's GI work you, uh, is one. Um, orthopedics is another type of care that uh, could be delivered in an out, outpatient facility, either in an ASC or perhaps even in a specialty urgent care center. Yeah, exactly. We're talking with Adam Matar, principal of Matar Pacific, uh, out there on the, the West Coast, talking about uh, how he sees things from his vantage point. Uh, how big do you think this issue of healthcare consolidation is, Adam? We've been talking about this you know, before in our private conversations, but uh, do you think uh, people really understand what's actually happening in all these industries? It's like a, a, cr- a collision course, all of these industries colliding at once. That's right, it is. And I would say even experts within the field don't necessarily understand. You, you could speak to a number of executives across a wide array of healthcare provider fields, the insurance side, and they're, they're going to have different answers as to what the future of healthcare looks like. And so it's an exciting time in general for, for anyone within the space because you have an opportunity now to, to create the future of the industry. But by no means is this something that could be easily addressed. Keep in mind that the healthcare sector in the United States it has the same economic impact as California does or the country of France. It is that large right. and complicated of a system. Yeah, it's like one of the top ten economies in the world, just our own healthcare industry. Absolutely, and with that, the, there's not one simple answer as to uh, what the solution is for it or what the ultimate outcome is going to be. So then, but then technology coming in, you know, in, into fray, which is another huge industry. Now right. it's it's just like, uh, how is that that gonna the play out? I mean, I, I don't think we've even began to scratch the surface with some of these things that um, you know, technology is going to be able to do, even in the next five or six years? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's a couple of major aspects that technology is going to touch on, and that, that's information technology, from medical records to communications within the health systems to preventative care and allowing the individuals to have more control over the information and the, the health of their family and themselves. Uh, and then on the, the medical devices side, which, again, will provide opportunities to, to pull complicated procedures from the hospital rooms to lower-cost facilities and also allow lower-skilled workers to, to provide the type of care that would typically require somebody with a much more advanced degree to perform. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think of this medical home concept? The medical home is something I don't think is unfamiliar in America. It's part and parcel with capitation, mm-hmm. right? Well, let's let's talk about what that is. Capitation is a shift of risk. Right. Yeah, let's help the listeners understand so, that a little so bit. So what is a shift of risk? Well, that that's basically a type of insurance, right? Mm-hmm. If you're shifting the risk to somebody else, and they're guaranteeing that your costs are not going to exceed a certain figure. They're accepting that burden. So the question is, are the providers sophisticated enough to understand the kind of risk they're accepting with, with the medical home or capitation 
or accountable care type of products. So the, basically these providers are becoming the insurance company under this new model? Is they, are, they are becoming like an insurance company because they are accepting risk. Do they have the ability to underwrite it better now than they did back in the 90s, for example? Well, we'll see. I don't know. What I do know is that insurance companies uh, have dedicated teams that are sophisticated in understanding the risk models. Mm-hmm. The question is, are providers hiring the same people? Are, are they building up the same level of sophistication or really understanding what they're taking on? Ultimately, what the, what the medical home is doing is shifting risk. It's not fundamentally addressing the health of the communities. And that- it's pushing it down to the providers and saying, okay, here's the money, we're capping it, we're solving for the cost issue, but it does not address the question of whether or not we're going to get healthier communities with this new legislation. It's, it, the burden is on the providers to both manage the cost and deliver health care in a new way without really being part of the conversation uh, regarding the cost in the first place. Right, right. It's going to be difficult for them to, to sort through that. I mean, the healthcare industry in general is kind of just a little bit behind others as far as uh, adapting to change. And so it's going to be um, interesting to see if they're able to react uh, in time to, to capitalize on, on some of these things. How much do you think um, branding and marketing is going to play into uh, you know these these organizations now as far as you know conv- you know winning this retail um, type of marketplace? Reputation, branding, marketing is going to be significant uh, moving forward for the exact same reasons. You want the visibility. You want to have the credibility in the community that that you will be a good care provider for them and their families. Yeah, and then, I mean, potentially reimbursement could be, be tied to some of these uh, different um, capitated, or, or excuse me, they, they could be tied to, for example, the, the hospital rating uh, system. Absolutely. The surveys that come back from the patients for, for the type of care that they received in the healthcare setting impact the, the type of reimbursements that the government pays out. And insurance companies are following that model as right. well, too. Right. Now, that, now that they have the government basically on their side in... Uh, providing these caps, the marketplace is gradually accepting it, and the insurance companies are pushing for it, too. Cool. Hey, can you hang out for one more segment? Yeah. All right. More with Adam Matar from Matar Pacific. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, Join the conversation, if you wish, 402-342-1290, and we'll be right back.